happens to highway. Do you guys remember that the Cookie Crisp mascot wasn't always a wolf? <laughs> it used to be like a little uh, wiener dog in a red shirt. What the fuck? Why would a no, wiener dog like cookies? I guess I don't know why a wolf why would, would like cookies Why would a wolf like either, cookies, but... Jackson? I just feel like because wiener dog. Because wolves go, Ooh, I feel like wiener dog has a, a different food connotation to me. It's not even like the big bad wolf, Fred Riding Hood wolf. It's just like a dude. It's It's just the Cookie Crisps wolf. Yeah. He's just in a cereal. I just don't know why we're trying to limit who's allowed to like cereal. (laughs) Yeah. Was the wiener dog like trying to. A way to exclude a demographic. Was he like trying to get the cereal like most cereal mascots? Or was he just like, I endorse Cookie Crisps? Okay, so there there are two types of cereal mascots. (laughs) There are two types of cereal mascots. There are the thieves Mm -hmm. who will stop at nothing to get their cereal, whether or not it's branded with their face on it. (laughs) For some reason, they have to chase it. Mm -hmm. The other one is the advocate. So they are tasked with giving their cereal to anyone and everyone who (laughs) asks for it. Yes, yes, yes. Or people who don't ask for it. Tony the Tiger is a lot of time just going up to like tweens who are playing sports and being like, hey, check it out. It's like cornflakes, but worse for you. Yeah, it's like 90 degrees out. Time for some milk (laughs) and flakes. Um, Yeah, because it's part of your balanced breakfast. (laughs) So hold on. Build strong bones. The cookie crisp mascot was an advocate. Not a got thief. it, got it. So hold on, I, I yeah. see your two categories, and I raise you the Cinnamon Toast Crunch gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're well, those... advocates for themselves. No, they're they killing each other. They literally they can't help one. but eat each yeah. other. But there so is... they're both. Yeah. I don't think they belong to either category. There are always exceptions. I think Apple Jacks goes under thieves, because the apple was it's... always trying to get the cinnamon guys' yeah, yeah. stuff. Because okay, it tastes because so Apple Jacks tastes like pops. cinnamon, not like apples, which is why Apple Man can go fuck himself, right? So I was thinking like mascots, like mascots, but these mascots are mascots, but they're also ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Mm. So this that is, is a third. But that they're, is the they're third. excluding one of the ingredients because that 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 was the point of the Apple Jacks. That was the deep lore, right? Was that the cinnamon guy would always win, and that's why Apple Jacks taste like cinnamon and not like apple. Right. It was like a wily coyote. No, it's just that the it's cinnamon forward because cinnamon is yeah. the winner. Yeah, yeah I forgot that he would always win. cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, that's he would always right. fall into the bowl first, and then apple would be like. Right after. Yeah, right? and we can but all agree that, that ap- we can but all agree that, that Apple just... is a Republican, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, my name is Jackson um... McMurray. I guess. <laughs> my name is Alec McMurray. <laughs> my name is Keisha Rhodes. My name is Dan Goldberg. Excellent. Not the one that directed The Hangover. <laughs> Thank you. Not yet. That's Todd Phillips directed The Hangover. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, not the one who produced The Hangover. There we go. Okay, better. And this is No Nerds Allowed. <laughs> We're talking a lot about cars. Did we bring that up? Cars. You said life is a highway. It's fine. I did say life is a highway. Cut you out. been on the front of like a Wheaties box. He could have. That would have been a good promotion. He's a promotional. He's thing. an athlete. Yes, he's, yeah, he's an. He, uh, are race car drivers? I'm sure he's been on the front of a cereal box. 
Do we count um, them as athletes, point. race car drivers? Like, no, right? No, they're they are athletes. Are they? I've talked about this a lot with my dad. Cause they're not they're they're not in the Olympics. And that's here's the thing. Here's the thing that bothers me about being it. in the Olympics is that they don't seem to get tired when they drive fast. That doesn't seem I to know. be a part of it. No. <laughs> it's because. So here's here's another thing. So they have gas. Which you would think, oh, when they run out of gas, that means they're, like, tired. But that's never an element. Because Lightning McQueen runs out of gas, and he still is, like, mm-hmm. talking and sentient and stuff. So it's not a light and source. And Mac is driving while he's asleep. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, a, it's not a level of tiredness. It's not a source of life. They kind of talk about it like a food. That, like, it's just, like, a food. But that doesn't make any sense either because if you don't get food you die but that doesn't seem to be when they run out of gas they don't die they just i would argue the it's ability just not to walk. a it's just not a one-to-one relationship to anything that humans have going on their ability to to ambulate is tied to their fuel but their regular thing is just like i don't know they just exist maybe it's electricity maybe it's you have to wait for their batteries to die maybe they're they all out. teslas no, Do we ever think about that? It is the distant future batteries. or the distant past. What was that Pixar timeline? Okay, so this that, was the first start, time that the world ended, right? Let's start there. I've got the Pixar theory timeline pulled up in okay, front of perfect, me. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. I've got okay, it. I've, say it to me once, and then I'll remember it forever. Perfect. So I've got a, <laughs> I've got a successfully, a sufficiently abbreviated version of this here. So I'm just going to read this off straight off uh, PixarTheory.com. First installment: Brave. It all starts with Merida discovering the Will of the Wisps, parentheses, magic. The magic turns her mother into a bear. This magic is why animals and inanimate objects, parentheses, brooms and tools, behave like humans. (laughs) Magic was utilized by a witch who mysteriously vanishes through wooden doors. Eventually, the magic from the Will of the Wisps would lead to the birth of superheroes. Mm Mm-hmm. Any, any okay. commentary, or should I move on to The Incredibles? No, that all Just adds keep up. on going. Okay, The Incredibles. Superheroes maintained order in the world, but Buddy, a wannabe superhero, created two things for the demise of superpowered humans. Self-serving AI bots like the Omnidroid, and the high-tech zero-point energy, parentheses, electromagnetic energy, that exists in a vacuum. This is the pivotal <laughs> moment where we see machines eradicating their only threat, supers. Eventually, toys start to absorb and draw their powers from zero-point energy, unseen that travels in wavelengths. Oh, okay. Wait, so it's not magic, it's science. We've established that magic exists, but it's the science is what's the toys. Mm -hmm, Right, it's syndrome. Well, magic and science are one and the same. If you'd watched Thor, you would know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So if Andy had a single superpower, Buzz Lightyear would have murked him day one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's a, it's complicated because they'd already formed a relationship. That's Not what day the one. Pixar magic is all about. Not day one. Uh, okay, Toy Story. No, that's true. The first signs of life from toys are now present due to Syndrome's technological powers. Toys, parentheses, sentient objects, come up with a code of rules and learn that human love is another energy source upon which they thrive. <laughs> Oh my god. These toys discover what happens to toys that are isolated from humans. What? 
Yeah, suck it, Bo Peep. <laughs> yeah, get fucked. Toy Story 2, the toys discover that it is dangerous for them to be isolated from humans. We start to see inanimate objects question their purpose in life. For example, Jessie resents her owner, Emily, for abandoning her. Resentment towards humans was not only carried by inanimate objects, but by animals as well. Hmm. This is wait, where things on. get crazy. Wait, wait, is it? Is wait, hold on, real, really quick before we get crazy. Is it implying that if toys aren't around humans, they like lose their lives slowly? It's implying that love is the energy that sustains them. Okay, I don't buy that, but please continue. Okay, I thought that was a different form of energy that sustains them, kind of like how in uh, Monsters yeah. Inc. they could use screams, but laughter is actually a better right. form of energy. So let's. So now so we get to uh, 2003 in the timeline. I haven't mentioned the years. Brave takes place 14th century. Incredible is 1950s through 60s, and now we're at 2003 with Finding Nemo. Yeah. In the ocean, okay. we find that fish are incredibly advanced. They have schools, a network, and freeway system. We discover that humans are polluting the earth and experimenting on them. Dory was one of the animals that was experimented on, which is why she is forgetful. That's there are signs. That's of, not even canon. There are signs of resentment <laughs> growing towards humans for polluting the environment, stealing fish, and caging them. Animals begin to be more curious and carry more humanistic characteristics. Can you see where this is headed? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ratatouille. So if I already too. have a reason why this isn't going to work out, should I just voice it now? Sure. Go for it. I mean, the like uh, Doc Hudson won the Piston Cup in 1951. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. 2007, yeah, Ratatouille. In Ratatouille, Remy discovers his love for <laughs> cooking and displays human characteristics. Some of them are, colon, walking on his hind paws, cleaning his hands, reading, and cooking. Yes, please tell me what makes Remy the rat more like a human in this animated film. This is the first time we see personal interaction between human and animal, but it is for the purpose of controlling humans. Remy controls Linguini because Linguini does not know how to do anything. We see that Remy's rat plan... We see that Remy's rat clan does not approve of the humans and feels both fear and hate towards them. You know what Linguini does know how to do? Roller skate. He does. I thought. Oh, that's right. I thought Ratatouille took place in like the sixties. Nope, two thousand seven. No. <laughs> not a cell phone in sight. Toy Story three. <laughs> three years later, this is two thousand ten. Three years later, toys have gone through a lot with humans. If you've oh seen God. the movie, you can tell why most of the toys have had it, being abused physically and emotionally by humans. Okay, the person writing this, I think, is projecting a lot. <laughs> a lot. Like, lots of the is hug this and person bear, okay? Lots of the hug and bear straight up hates humans because they use and discard toy objects like they are nothing. But he's he the villain. He starts trying to take care of his own kind. This provides yet another reasons why machines and objects alike are ready to take over. Wait, hold on, hold on. Lots of Huggin' Bear was not taking care of his own kind. He was creating a monopoly where he could stay on top for his entire life. He used and abused his fellow toys. That was the whole point of Toy Story 3. And also in fucking Ratatouille, the point is by the end of the movie, the humans and the rats are buds and they're getting along. So this person's just straight up wrong. So here's something that's fascinating at the end of this Toy Story 3 section. Carl and Ellie from Up write to Andy 
telling him to get rid of his toys because <laughs> no, they, they know the animosity between toys and humans is coming ahead, and that's why they are planning on living in solitude. How did we take this long to get here? Crossover? <laughs> so, that's incredible. Okay, hold on, Jackson. Who is the author of this How- timeline? <laughs> it's the same guy we were talking about last time. The guy who wrote a book no, could- about it. <laughs> Is this the this is the same timeline where the world ends like three times? Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. I thought that timeline started with Wally, and that's why it was such a galaxy brain take. No, I'll, we'll get there. We're okay, halfway, okay. We're halfway through, and the rest of them are shorter. Okay, okay, okay. 2011 up. Carl is forced to give up his house to a corporation, BNL, because they are expanding the city. This is foreshadowing. It's not. This corporation is the cause for polluting the earth and wiping out life in the distant future as a result of technology overreach. Carl discovers that animals can communicate with humans and sees the bitterness that they have. Charles Charles Muntz effectively trains an army of dogs. This is the start of the tipping point between animals and humans. Years later, the uprising between animals and humans begins. Who do you think won that war? Um, well, because humans are the worst. I will assume you, it was the animals. Will you guess the next year listed? 2020, baby. 2100. Oh. Cars. Okay, different. Oh. Okay. <laughs> when animals Wait. rose up against the humans to stop the pollution, the machines saved the humans and they won the war. However... <laughs> Because of love! Since since machines helped humans win, it tipped the balance on Earth. Machines, slash the BNL Corporation, had to send the remaining humans off into space on a ship called Axiom. All of the other machines were left behind to populate the world and run things. But how do we know cars took over? Pop Jackson, populate? Populate, Uh uh-huh. But how do we know? This is hilarious. But how do we know cars took over Earth and not another planet? Oh, you're right. Cars California. 2. In Cars 2, they go to Europe. That's how. <laughs> Car- wow, in uh-huh, Cars yeah, 1, uh-huh, they go uh-huh, to California. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is Where's hilarious. Route 66? Mars? Yeah, I don't exactly. think so. Um, it shows also that there are no humans throughout the world. The world at this time ends up with an energy crisis, as oil is the ener- as the is the only energy used for cars. All in all, corporation was using green energy as a catalyst for a fuel war in order to turn cars away from alternative energy sources. Wait, isn't that actually the plot of Cars Two? Because yes. Cars Two doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. yeah, the clean fuel could have been used to swiftly wipe out many of the cars. All in all, was run by the BNL Corporation, which eventually polluted the whole Earth due to its use of oil. The whole world becomes unfit to sustain life. Mm. Wally, that makes sense. The year twenty eight hundred. Sure, why not? So this this is just what you. Ex- I'm I'm gonna kind of skip over this one because it's just like yeah, it's Wally. The humans live in the in space, yeah, and yeah, Wally's yeah. on Earth. If you haven't seen it, please see it. It's a great movie. It's a good, good movie. Uh, the year two thousand eight hundred and ninety eight. Okay. A bug's life. Fuck, that's right. <laughs> Humans in a bug's life. That same plant we see in Wally grew to be a tree in a bug's no, life. No, and fuck, that's a bean sprout, a hole. Insects have a longer lifespan in a bug's <laughs> life. Prior to Wally, an ant can last just three months. However, in a bug's life, these ants all survive an entire summer, 
and allude to being around for quite some time. One ant states that he feels 90 again. This indicates that ants are sturdier as a result of evolution and mutated genes. Another ant tells Flick not to leave the island because there are snakes, birds, and bigger bugs out there. They do not mention humans because there are very few humans to make it dangerous <laughs> enough for insects to worry about. Well, no, they live, they go, he goes to the trash city that's all made out of human, like, the, you see the humans in, you like, see the car. footsteps! However, yeah. one kid did allegedly pick the wings off of the homeless bug. Later in the distant future, animals start evolving into the di- into the dominant species. Hold, hold the fuck on. Are they implying that these are animals that have evolved to be like humans, but they're not humans? Yes. Yeah, like humans with no dads, but are who these the brothers cat who like that dads? the government is trying to keep secret? Yeah. The year 4,500. Fuck, dude. We skipped right over the year 3000, yeah. so the Jonas Brothers have nowhere to visit to. Oh, man. Monst- I see. Monsters Convenient. University. Hundreds of years after Wally, animals started changing due to the radiation caused by the BNL Corporation. Oh, These God. animals evolved into monsters and accidentally wipe humans off the face of the planet. No, they don't. They're in Where they get their energy the from then? Universe. Monsters University was founded in 1313. This is dated using the monster's calendar, not the human calendar, and shows that it took place almost 1,400 years after a bug's life. At Monsters University, they falsely taught the monsters that humans were toxic and from another dimension. This was because monsters were worried about being erased from existence and altering history. What? Final final Wait, why is there time travel now? Okay, there's two slides left. The year 4500, Monsters, Inc. Monsters and machines didn't realize their mistake of getting rid of humans until it was too late. They eventually realized that humans were their source of energy and needed to sustain life. Machines helped solve this by letting monsters use doors to time travel to the human generation. This leads us <laughs> dot 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 to Boo. All right, here's here's where it all oh comes God. together, you guys. Yeah, and Boo's the she's the monster lady from what's from Brave, and she traveled back in time and blur blur. Sweet little Boo never got over Sully and became obsessed with finding out what happened to him. She remembered that doors are the key to finding Sully. Later on in life, she figured out how to time travel (parentheses using wooden doors) and goes back to the source of all magic, the Will of the Wisps. And creates magic to find Sully by using wood. Boo leaves evidence behind in Brave. Two carvings whittled out of wood. They're Sully and the pizza truck. The two things she loves most in life. (laughs) I also love those things. Although The pizza truck. Although she knows how to travel through time. She does not know how to determine what time period she will go to. Therefore, speculation has it that Boo is the one planting the Easter eggs throughout all the Pixar movies because she has been accidentally going through different time periods. Okay, hold on. So they, we start this timeline by establishing magic and we never fucking get back to magic. It's all been No, magic just exists. Magic is in- science. No, we, I just told you this, Adeline. I wish you yeah, fucking listened to she created it me. after she went back in time. The magic- the, the will of the wisps are the source of all magic. <laughs> so, okay, and there's the one last thing. One last thing. One last thing. Boo discovered that wood was the source of energy all along. 
Oh in my. Monsters Inc., they use doors made of it wood wasn't love. because it has the magic energy to travel in time. The wood from a bug's life is the source of Flick's ingenuity. I don't know what that means, but whatever. <laughs> that tree Wait, bears a resemblance to the one in Up that Carl and Ellie visited. This tree was the source of Carl's wild idea of balloons transporting his house. When did they go? Wait, that tree ah, that they had the yes. picnic underneath? Yeah, uh-huh. Are you sure it wasn't his wife who inspired him? Not even a little bit? <laughs> it was the tree. We... It was the no, magic was from tree. the tree. Oh, it was the magic tree? Okay, no, cool. the cool, tree cool, cool, reminded cool. him about balloons. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. They and called then that's it how love, they met because really, of the tree. Really so tree magic. <laughs> Carl broke his arm. And then Emmy, she took a tree and she put it in his room for him to make him happy. And then they, mm-hmm. when he builds his house to get out of there, he puts a tree on top of his house uh-huh. and then it flies away. <laughs> then Remember they just put up? a little addendum at the end, which just says that, why did the witch turn Queen Eleanor into a bear in Brave? This was <laughs> Boo's failed attempt at bringing Sully back. The bear no, somewhat resembles Sully. <laughs> no, it doesn't. She was like, I know what I'll do. I'll just wait here in the woods until some poor, poor little girl is having a fight with her mom. I'm going to give her a cake that will turn her mom into my friend from my childhood. Yeah, uh-huh. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, but then that she just sense. turns her into a regular bear. Yep, uh-huh. No, she doesn't know how to do magic. her three children. <laughs> yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, but the thing about this whole theory... So, yes. were those supposed is, to be, like, little sullies? Is that it's only... <laughs> is that it's only relevant up to 2013. It does not appear to have been updated since then. No. Um, I want to see how soul fits in there. Yeah, so hold on. Pixar, filmography, what are we missing? It's going to be our responsibility now to fill in the blanks, okay? Oh, so it's going to be Finding Dory, which totally destroys Debunks. his whole yeah. Dory was abused as a child theory. Right. Okay, okay, so the movies were missing. First of all, Inside Out doesn't really need explaining, right? It just no. takes place during the No, Jackson, time. it's because the girl, her house is made of wood, and that's why right. all of her feelings have emotions. Yeah. That's her why we all have magic aren't actually emotions. They're actually they're, machines. They're no, they're machines. Will of the Wisps <laughs> that possessed her because Boo wanted Sully to visit this little girl. And so she put Will of the Wisp magic in her head because of the wood. Oh, this yeah, is okay. Wood. This is a take I have heard before, though. The good dinosaur. Because this movie posits that dinosaurs were actually very intelligent, at least briefly. So instead of making it magic, the good dinosaur is the reason why animals are so smart in the future. Just because they are? Yeah, just because they are. Just because they be like that. Which I like better than because of the fucking witch from Brave. Yeah, what? No, not even that, because of Syndrome from The Incredibles. Yeah, and we never get back to the toys, ever. We stop talking about the toys. (laughs) No, I thought it was that the toys turn into the cars. That's where that technology stems Okay, guys, here's my theory. So, the good dinosaur died because he was a dinosaur. Yes. And... Eventually, <laughs> we all know that only dinosaurs him up for fossil fuels, and they put them in Lightning McQueen, oh, and he oh, came to life. Oh, and, the magic and he the had good the dinosaur. power of love because he was full of the wood of that good, good dinosaur. dinosaurs. Are canon because he know because uh, the dinosaurs cars. ate leaves, which yeah, come off of trees, Dinico. which Whoa. are made of wood. <laughs> 
And anyway, the Pixar theory is stupid, and okay. but wait, I don't but wait. know why they need to connect to the all of the Pixar movies but wait. together. So it all makes sense so far. But here's here's the greatest yeah. challenge. Okay, have we been talking for forty five minutes? Yes. It doesn't make sense so far. Here's it never the greatest. The greatest challenge is Onward. Okay, how do we feel about Onward? Uh, that's that movie, the that's year four. Right, but how do we make that's it? That's the fit? year five thousand. So that's post monsters. Post monsters, yes. we turn into elves. No, the monsters turn into elves. Right, yeah. Right. Well, there Th- are. That's it. We saw also it. just straight up. And his staff Hollywood, right? is made out of wood, Jackson. The, the staff is wood. made out of wood. The magic yeah, wood. Yeah, that's what the connection was. Yeah. Okay. I thought that's why they brought it up. Yeah. Uh huh. That's why. Yeah. That's they meant that in onward. That's why they did that. It's not that wood is just like a naturally occurring element. No. In, yeah. Isn't it like in the, the world in the whole entire the world? world? No, it's In the onward. word. Yeah, or it's just that <laughs> someone is magic and that they use the staff to like and so, conduit. Wait, so Boo in the ancient past got really is bored. So no, she got really <laughs> bored in the past. So she invented Dungeons and Dragons. Ah. And then she <laughs> brings it back to the distant future. <laughs> yeah, and then she teaches the children about Dungeons and Dragons. That's good. Hoping to with her pieces Sully. made of wood. <laughs> All this for her friend she met when she was three. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the author put it. Still not over Sully. Like, when when are we gonna mad get that Pixar short film about about Boo as like a nineteen year old fresh out of high school and she goes to her first college dorm room and like she sets everything up and she's just got fucking like news articles and string collect connecting them and like <laughs> yep. trying to connect the dots between him. her imaginary friend as a kid and the power to time travel. And she's yeah, like, she's... it's wood. It has to be wood. <laughs> she's like majoring in like just astrophysics. Yeah, she's exactly. trying to figure everything out. Quantum string mechanics. theory. Yeah. And then that's how we get attached to Interstellar. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: Interstellar does exist in the Pixar universe, and then every other movie ever made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks to Pixar. Thanks to Boo the Witch. Perfect. Perfect. This is a and good this show. This is all part of Cloverfield, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is all. This is all one Cloverfield title. Yeah. 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 So okay, if I could Pixar theory Cloverfield. Let's let's go around the horn and just when it comes to cars, how do you how do you feel real fast, Adeline? Cars. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Cars. I think. I think here's the thing. I like Cars. Uh, Cars is a solid 5 out of 10 for me. There are parts of it that I really like and parts of it that I really don't care for. And parts of it that I think have aged well and parts of it that I don't think have aged well. And it's like, it's a good it's a good movie. I like it. I enjoy it. But there are, I, I don't think it's an amazing film. I, I, I don't know. I don't find Cars very endearing but i find like the world that they build and like the sets and like the areas that we're in are so fucking endearing and fucking beautiful like it just makes me want to go to disneyland because of how much love (laughs) that they put into like cars land and stuff like that like the stuff like the environment is amazing but like when you get to like the character design the fact that they're all just they're all just cars kind (laughs) of doesn't do it no, for me. No, they're not all just cars. There are helicopters. There are oh, trains. There are, planes. there are camper vans. There are so trains. yeah. There the fact are that so, they're all that... just vehicles with eyeballs and weird teeth d- d- don't do it. But there are also flies that are cars. Yeah. True. So there here's the little thing. cars with wings. There are also flies that are flies. Yeah, there are both. Yeah. Of them. So w- wait, where are there regular flies? 
In the preview, uh, remember when Lightning McQueen flies into the the thing of bees? And he's got bees all over his face. But maybe those were car bees. You couldn't see him. You no, 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 no. no. There's were... there's a scene where he's following his love interest in the first film, uh, and they're like out in the countryside, and she flashes him a smile, and he flashes her a smile back, and he's he has right. real ass flies in his teeth, he's got bugs in, in his, his not car teeth. <laughs> yeah. In his... Also, he has a tongue. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. The yeah. tongue the I sort of thought about the tongue for the first time today when I was watching the movie. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Here is my big take about cars. Is that I think the final cuz this has been a joke for forever that they literally don't need to be cars. They could just be people with race cars. Like there's no reason for them to be cars. The plot, the fact that they're cars has nothing to do with the plot. And it's like it, it's because a majority of the cars fandom majority if not all of the art and fandom is humanizing the cars so that they're more relatable and easier to like use as characters like the people who love your movie don't want them to be cars they just want them to be people like it's just as soon as i was watching the movie as soon as i just like started imagining them as people in my head i like liked it so much better i understand and i have a lot of theories on this too okay (laughs) well now's the time dan (laughs) if not now when okay all right well okay my first of all i love cars uh the first (laughs) movie (laughs) excellent you know instant classic really enjoy it um despite larry the cable guy it's really good michael the The second one buckwild stupid i hate it it's perfect (laughs) yeah the third one uh it's fine. Um, but <laughs> what I notice is you'll look in the background of like so many scenes and you'll just see normal apartment buildings built for humans and you'll see so much architecture that only would work for humans. Right. So the the constant thing that everybody thinks is like, oh, there was some sort of doomsday event and the cars took over and this is just the land that already existed. But... I have a different theory, okay. and it actually goes into the real world. It connects. It's Ooh. a meta theory. Okay. Uh, so I think that this whole trilogy, despite the Pixar timeline, that's garbage. This whole trilogy <laughs> takes place in another dimension that humans cannot properly fathom. Okay. Any time that there is any sort of uh, discrepancy in which a car would be interacting with something that a car couldn't, like a juice box or something else that humans like. I can only think of juice boxes. Um, <laughs> that's all we Every like. time that's all we our brains make the connection yeah. to make it some sort of sight gag in which the car is doing the funny car thing instead okay, of so the what, funny human thing. I like this a lot. So what you're implying is that it's like the Percy Jackson, Rick Riordan, why don't people see the mythological beast? It's like our brains are just substituting in a pun that we would understand instead of actually showing us. Exactly. The eldritch horror of how yeah, cars okay. operate. I'm, I'm on board Here's with this. Here's how I'm struggling, though. Does, so does that mean that, like, Sarge the Jeep was involved in World War II? Wait, are there Vietnam guns in this universe where they killed other cars? <laughs> But, like, all of the cars, they, like, reference temporally, like, the 60s and the 50s. Like, does that just mean that they are 
participating in those events and then going off and doing their own lives afterwards or I think what that is this, happening? I think that this alternate dimension is an offshoot of our reality. And while they are all presented as cars in our mind's eye, that's because it would confuse us too much to see an alternate reality that mirrored perfectly our own. So we imagine them all as cars. I would also so maybe argue all those like... things did happen, but once they're out of view, they <laughs> no longer pertain to the car uh, analogy here. So like every time you see an apartment building in the background, you'll still have mm-hmm. Mater like sipping on a giant gasoline tub in the foreground. It is just our perception if we saw ourselves if we saw owen wilson and owen wilson saw himself on screen as kachow uh, lightning mcqueen <laughs> michael McQueen. he would go insane so our mind automatically like it the way it erases your nose from your vision right it turns mm-hmm. owen okay. wilson into a vehicle okay okay, okay. so, so is what, the cars the- universe wait i i have something important to no, say you can go lightning mcqueen <laughs> lightning mcqueen has a lot of physical discrepancies from the other cars he doesn't have any rear view mirrors he doesn't have any lights he has stickers blah 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 does that mean that he's just a horribly misshapen mutated person and we're not seeing that like he's missing body parts that we don't see i would argue parts that he doesn't need in our mind's eye i think it's eugenics i think he's been bred (laughs) specifically for combat to be perfect yeah yeah that's like if he was a swimmer and they said we're gonna cut off your ears because you don't need your ears <laughs> yeah no he's Actually, just been systematically bred over generations to have as little of ears <laughs> as possible but he wasn't bred he was built they said in so my question about this theory is so the animators who made the movie they weren't animating cars. They were animating the thing that we couldn't comprehend and our brain is saying that they're cars or the no, animators no, no, no. animated cars? They are animating cars. Okay. This is a, this is an interpretation of okay. what they would have seen if they had, you know. It's like, it's, it's it, like it the It is Bible. still fiction. Okay, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. a documentary. Not yet, yeah. at least. Yeah. It's like the not Bible. Yet, it's least. like, it's divinely inspired. Like, these animators right. are just yeah, a yeah, conduit yeah. through which they're trying to express what they've Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and there are a lot of things added up. Like you said, like, you have, like, World War II vets. You have um, actual murder. So there is fear of death, uh, even yeah. though cars are constantly rebuilt. Um, they're also, they age and naturally die, like Doc Hudson. Right. Yeah. So all of this doesn't add up with their physiology, which is funny because all of these things that don't match up to their physiology, they don't work as sight gags, so they don't appear on screen. So mm-hmm. everything that happens off screen, you have to imagine is not cars. Everything that happens on screen you have to imagine as cars. Okay. So if Lightning McQueen talks about the dinner that he had last night in one scene, you have to imagine that he was a human eating dinner. Okay, and okay, okay. Buck wild. What about when? Uh, so what about when Fred has his rusty bumper fall off of his face? That's oh, <laughs> what happened right. there. He's just got leprosy. It's, yeah, it, that's, <laughs> one of it. it's just fucked so up. So is it? 
So Vitamin Queen works for a company that makes ointment for people who have leprosy, but yes. he's fine with like walking around and being in contact with people with leprosy. Yeah. Is yeah. leprosy that common in this universe? Yeah. Well, they clearly live in a utopia. Well, no, because no. Cars 2 happens, so yeah. it's not a utopia. <laughs> There's still a secret um, service and a CIA. Yeah. yeah. His best friend has leprosy then, and he's just fine with it? I think it might be just a different kind of leprosy, you know? Like, not yeah. the leprosy that you and your that your, that your grandpa told you about. And not the leprosy that the, we this is, know. This not is a new leprosy. leprosy. Yeah. <laughs> new le- your kids leprosy are going to love too. it. Yeah. Just semi-debilitating. <laughs> <laughs> So we have like other things that are confirmed, like Christianity, because there's right, a car right, pope, right. and there's a car pope car, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because you think that if if you okay, I just want to get off track here for a second. <laughs> okay, when they were animating the movie, they were writing these storyboards out and everything, and they were thinking, okay, we we have this scene set in Italy. We should have the Pope there, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 that's so funny. He's got the Pope car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't they just make the Pope the Pope car? Honestly, I think the gag of the Pope car being inside of a car that is the Pope car is pretty funny. I think that's a good bit, right? It is. I think it's funnier. But I just wanted to know what that, like, meeting sounded like. Because, like, there must have been some people who were like, oh, yeah, the Pope car is the Pope. And then somebody's like, no. No, the Pope car car. is the vessel in which the Pope, who is a car, hangs out on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That brings me to my other question. Yeah. The Pope Pope car, Pope car. Yes. Uh, The the Pope car car. The Pope Pope car car. Yes. (laughs) He is specifically designed to move around the Pope. And there yeah. are other cars who are specifically designed to do different things, like changing tires, whatever, yeah. whatever. Does that mean that there is no free will in the Cars universe and that whatever they are designed to be is what they are destined to be? No, because Lightning McQueen there are doesn't, actually, does the opposite. Yeah, and, and there are actually moments, I think, in dialogue, if I'm remembering correctly, that cars talk about how certain cars actually changed up their build. Like, this car got this so that he could race. Like, there is a certain degree of, like, customization, but that's a great question because, like, what is it, Luigi? He's the one that changes the tires? Right, yeah. yeah. What, mm-hmm. what, what are you going to modify him into? Like, what what kind of life could he choose right. that isn't just the life he already has? Maybe you can just get so your that's mind that's a great question. But yeah, that's my that other question happen. is, is what? What, <laughs> what makes the car the car? Like, where does their brain Where's come their from? Soul? Because... The, yeah, like, because they it's can not remove in the their eyes. tires. Like, well, Lightning McQueen in the in Cars 3 has a horrible, horrible accident. He's torn <laughs> to shreds, but he's still Lightning McQueen after they give him, like, could they replace his engine? Is that what the brain is? So, actually, the oh. Pope thing solves this. Because <laughs> while you might say that, like, Christianity technically... Uh, it's the jury still out in our universe. Like some people believe in different ways, but in cars, we are expected because it is put right in front of us on screen that the Pope is real, that Christianity is real, and so the cars just have souls because and they reside somewhere. The Jude- because of the Judeo-Christian God and Jesus Christ. Well, okay, hold on. What I thought? No, hold on. <laughs> Where stop is everything. The line? No, fucking stop what everything. Is the no, line? fucking shut up. So what I thought <laughs> what? that you were saying. 
Was that because the Pope is like the Godhead? He's like he's like God physical, right? In some way, shape, or form, he is like a voice of God. What the I thought God, you yeah. were saying was that they took the Jesus car and just kept taking him apart and rebuilding him as the Pope's. That's what I thought no, you were going no, to say. That no, this no, Pope no. car Wait, has pieces of Jesus car? Jesus car in him. Was Jesus' car crucified? How do you crucify a car? You work real hard. I don't know. <laughs> no, my question isn't, do cars have souls? My question is, where does the soul reside? Right, right. Because if, if it's you not can the remove engine. the door, if you can remove parts of the engine, if it's the engine, Mater is rolling around with his brain just exposed <laughs> just constantly. Wait, Keisha, you have just combined the brain and the soul, and those are two very different things. They're very different. Well, that's, an, that's listen, that's a conversation that I've had with lots of people, and we can talk about it later if you want. <laughs> I just want to know. I want to know. What, I would argue when is it not- that Pope Carr posits that the soul lives within one's spirituality, so it's not actually tethered to their physical body okay but so where does the car's (laughs) consciousness reside then because if you could take out their engine and they're still the same car then at what what at what point do they stop being themselves at what part point do they stop being where it starts to make sense to the human brain but that would be the engine and we decided that that's wrong as discreet like un like uncomprehensible beings right We're talking about them as if they're cars with car parts, but they're not. There's something else, and we're just expressing them. No, they're horrors, and it's just the best way that our brains can translate. And oftentimes, our brains fail to find a consistent way to translate each time. So, like Lightning McQueen crawling up into the Mack truck uh, in the first movie, (laughs) I love how you like brought across the house. Like, is that sexual? I don't know. Okay, okay. But that is that is the creator's take on this universe. They did make these to yeah. be cars though. These are yeah. cars. They were animated to be cars. Yes. Okay. I yeah. concede. <laughs> can, okay. Can I Me talk too. about can I talk about the gestation process of this movie in the real world? Sure. sure. In reality. Because here's no. the thing. I think we are we are appro- fast approaching an entire podcast's worth of content where we have not actually spoken specifically about the events of the movie even one time. So I'm going to try yeah. my best <laughs> to steer us that direction. Um, That's a good pun. What, what, oh. I think, what I think is the most fascinating about the sort of trio of Monsters, Inc., um, Finding Nemo and Cars is that um, Pixar at first in the 90s were like a small team of people making these movies, right? And, it, you know, the like creative heads were like John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Pete Docter, all doing different things, all like in charge of different aspects of the movie, right? And then, you know, so they make those three movies just as one unit, as as Pixar. And then after Toy Story 2... They make Toy Story, Bugs Life, and Toy Story 2. After Toy Story 2 is when they decide to split off into separate teams to be working on multiple movies concurrently. Uh, and this is also mm-hmm. when they bring Brad Bird on. Um, so there are, there are four movies that Pixar is working on at the same time. Andrew Stanton is in charge of Finding Nemo. That's what he directs. Pete Docter is doing uh, Monsters, Inc. Brad Bird is doing Incredibles. And John Lasseter is doing Cars. Um, and what I think is fascinating, 
Because Cars, I would say, is decidedly the horniest of the Pixar movies. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, and, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, in the grand scope of how horny things could be, Cars is not really that horny. I mean, Lightning McQueen does sexually harass Sally the first time that he meets right. her. But it is, like, And you he know, also gets flashed. It is, yeah. it is definitely hornier than the others. I would argue that um, the other most horny Pixar movies are those first three. Are the other three that that John Lasseter has directed, and it's 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 sort of apocryphal to to assign you know full creative control onto John Lasseter for those first three movies, because like I said, it was like all hands on deck. It was like this entire team yeah. working as one. John Lasseter just happened to be the guy who got the director quote unquote credit, right? But right. I would just I would just argue that it was his influence on those movies that insert that inserted the horniness. Right, like Woody getting made out with by Bo Peep in the in the original one, yeah, and the like name Woody, the 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 post credit scene in Toy Story <laughs> two where he's like sexually extorting those two Barbie dolls, Stinky Pete, remember yes, that? Yes, Kelsey Grammer, yeah, yeah, um, and like because it's worth noting, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., The Incredibles, almost zero percent horny. Yeah, not horny at all. Incredibles may be like implied 10%. horniness. Um, Monsters in, in, Inc. Are you kidding me? Wait, wait. What's horny about what's Monsters, horny Inc? Monsters Inc? They're carrying a child for ninety percent of the film. Sally are constantly making out. Get out of here. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's a different energy not, to that, though. Yeah, that's not horny. That's, that's a romantic relationship. That's not horny. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You see it when you see it. It ain't horny. This isn't this isn't the Republican Party's take on porn. This is very clearly seen in Monsters Inc. There's an energy there. No, no, you're wrong. Schmoozy poo. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. That, I'll move. I'll that's the opposite of horny to me. It's Maybe there's. I posit I've seen Monsters Inc. more times than any of you guys combined. Okay, just okay. because you get horny during Monsters Inc. does not mean that it <laughs> is a horny. That's not movie. what I said. Does that mean you're getting horny to Cars? Is that your argument right now? Uh, no, but this appears to be your argument because nobody else has said that there's a horny energy. <laughs> I didn't even want to talk about how Pixar movies are horny because they're movies for children. Maybe so, Jackson okay. is horny. <laughs> All right. Here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll revise. Okay. I'm going to say Finding Nemo, 0% horny. Monsters, Inc., 5% horny. Incredibles, 10% horny. Okay? Okay. I would say that Cars is like 25% horny. Is that fair? fair. That's fair. Where are we at Bugs Life? Bugs Life? I don't know. I don't remember it well (laughs) enough to remember if there's anything especially horny. There's a beetle. He's got horns. Good one. Princess Ada is pretty. Also, there there are those, um, like, Pill bugs that are constantly sexually harassing the ladybug. Right. Like, I'm a man. Oh, it's the flies. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the flies. Oh yeah, not the pill bugs. So yeah, I'll, I'll put I'll put the first three movies in similarly five to ten percent horny range. Yeah, but okay. Jackson, I think that you've kind of dug yourself a hole here by your hot take that John Lasseter makes horny movies when we've recently found out the way that he treats women at Pixar. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. I think, that's yeah, I think part of what's going I, on. I here. think I think we've been new is what I'm saying. Um, but is and I just I would argue that Bonnie Hunt's you know that line reading at the end of the movie where like him and like Lightning McQueen and Sally like 
kind of like have their little moment at the end and the lady's like uh, is this what i think it is and she says like oh i don't know but i am about to find out oh yes yeah. or whatever it is yeah which yeah. is uh-huh, uh-huh. i'm i was trying can you guys think of a hornier line reading in a movie that's ostensibly for children because i cannot yeah no that's that that's it that's it <laughs> no, they that, did it that reads hornier than the steak speech from the lighthouse yeah <laughs> saying so much like that is truly there's more sexual energy in that one delivery than like any other line (laughs) reading in history that i can think of that's a fair point can cars have sex yes anyway so (laughs) the question is will they have sex i realize see i looking down at the stream timer i realized that it's been about 70 minutes and i made (laughs) It must have been years ago that I made that take that there's no reason for them to be cars. Then we got into the whole galaxy brain take that we've agreed is canon. But uh, just to actually get into the film and kind of go through the plots of the film. Because we could go on about galaxy brain takes about how the fuck the cars universe works for just (laughs) forever. We would never stop. Right. And just to kind of return to my original point that I think this movie would be a million times better if they were just humans... It's yeah. because in that first scene, they do such a good job of establishing all the characters and the characters' goals and why they're here and putting tension on the competition. Like, they do it so well, so effectively. I immediately know what's going on in this scene. But then there's, like, a 50-car pileup, <laughs> and, like, people get, like, seriously hurt. And, yep. like, it, and there's no emotion about it because it's a fucking car yeah, <laughs> and i don't cars. yeah i don't care if a car wrecks because we could just fix the car or whatever but if that was a 50 car pile up with human people in it human people getting injured and people that could die because i know where their soul is because we all know where the human soul is located then i would uh, i would be button. worried and there would be tension and i would be scared or sad but there's right. just there's just none of that because they're cars you know Right, I just, but I, I, they try to drive that home in Cars 3 by crashing lightning and you're supposed we, to feel something. But that's what I was hilarious. Say. Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, Cars 3, it wasn't hilarious. It was gutted, gutted I was. I literally thought that Lightning McQueen was dead. And I was an adult when that movie came out. Wait, hold on. Are and you saying that you cried you find- during Cars 3? <laughs> I'm not saying I cried during Cars 3. I'm saying I cried during Cars 1 and Cars 3. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Not okay. because, but here's the thing, is that when Do- we find out that Doc Hudson crashed and burned, a lot of people in NASCAR will become injured, but they don't all die. So, you know, There are some who do, which is very sad. But, like, it's still tragic when someone gets hurt and they can't race anymore. And I don't think it's as much, like, race car driving as it is, like, oh, this is an athlete, and they've been injured, and they can't go right. on, and that's really tragic because they're but being that, dropped. that metaphor still doesn't work as well for cars, because it's very easy to fix cars. Like, yeah, the majority of the time when a car is broken, yeah. sometimes there are, like, limitations of, like, money and stuff. he can't be rebuilt at, to, to be the same efficiency as right. the new cars that are coming out. But I'm right. still just saying that it would be, it, it still loses something because it's a car and because you can fix it to some degree. I just, the yeah. reason that human athletes stop is because as a human, if you mess something up, a lot of times you just straight up can't fix it. And that's I, where it falls apart I and think, you lose empathy. 
I think when you separate Cars 1 from everything else and you just look at it and like, don't worry about Cars 3, don't worry about Cars 2, yeah. the whole Doc Hudson thing, it still works really well just because like you could tell like psychologically he's just really not into the idea of going through that again. Like he yeah, yeah, yeah. crashed, it was horrible, and he let a lot of people down, he just doesn't want to race anymore. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's like... They're not they're not trying to pass it off as like a oh he got like super injured like he's got like a weird car limp like no they they have him drive around and he's still like really spry. So I like that they play that in that way. But then in Cars 2, you just have cars getting killed. Like in the yeah. first 5 minutes of Cars 2, there are at least two deaths at most 40ish deaths. <laughs> Yeah, because they have like guns the, in that one. They don't do, they do like Winter Soldier beginning. They, yeah. They, okay, so they the car goes to the spy car. He goes to a drilling platform, and basically, like how Captain America in Winter Soldier just like throws people off of the boat. This spy car starts throwing people off the drilling platform, and you actually see these cars hit the water square and explode like parts mm. flying off fully on screen oh man then there's like this part where they go up this weird like rotational not staircase because they're cars but ramp um and he like donkey kongs and drops a bunch of like explosive barrels and he blows up at least like 20 cars like okay. And yeah. <laughs> we have to stop. Just, we have to stop talking about cars too. But if that movie, if that movie happened and it like that action happened in a person centric movie, like we watch Avengers: Age of Ultron and yeah. watch people die, and we're not like, oh my god, a thousand people just died. Right. We're like, okay, well, beat up those right. robots. Right. I think so, okay, I don't okay. think there's I don't think I think a the emotion of Doc Hudson is very effective. You feel the pain. But the pain does not come from him being physically injured. The pain comes right. from, I basically, I was unable to race, and they immediately replaced me, and yes. I let yes. everybody down, that's and they shot me. That's what they're trying me. to butt in and say, who cares yeah, if he can die or not? Why is that even yeah, important? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Doc Hudson is effective because of the emotions that come from the crash, not the crash itself, which is... Why the fuck is he a car? Look, my, <laughs> why my, is two that? Point, my two point argument is this, okay? First of all, it's whatever. The narrative stakes around death and physical injury are whatever they want it to be, and it doesn't matter what they could be because all that matters is what actually happens in the movie, which is all fine. Second of all, obviously, they wanted to make a movie about cars. Everything is yeah. reverse engineered from the fact that they're cars. They said, Except what if the there plot. were cars? And they 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 figured out a a set of conflicts that would apply specifically to cars. What if but there that, were cars? That's not true, though. It's not a set of issues that only apply to cars. That's true. That's the, the whole argument. Is that you could put anything. Lightning McQueen could be anything, and the plot would be exactly the same. It is not reliant on the I fact don't that they're cars. Oh, I don't think okay. that's because true. Because Toy Story but, but. is reliant on the fact that they're toys, because it's intrinsic to the plot. Wait, 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 cars, wait. But they, I don't think... If, if Woody was just a real-life fucking human person, Toy Story wouldn't make any goddamn sense. If Lightning McQueen was just a human person, cars would make absolute sense still. 
But plot isn't the only thing that makes a movie. There's also theme. And I think the theme and the takeaway and the soul of this movie is that living in the fast lane. Hey, 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 hey. Living in the fast lane. (laughs) Living in the fast lane doesn't have the same beauty and depth and ability to connect with others around you as slowing down and really getting to know other people, doing things for others, finding ways that your service can be for the people around you, the people that you care about. And I think the the image of a race car who is literally built to just race for himself, do whatever he wants, be the rookie of the year and win the Piston Cup, and have to take the time to slow down is a really cool image and a cool way to express theme. It's not about the plot, it's about the theme. You can have themes without them being a visual metaphor. Yeah, it's a visual metaphor for the theme. It's not about the plot. But I'm saying you don't have to have a visual metaphor in order for the theme to be effective. But it makes it better! What the fuck are you talking about? I think it's a really beautiful story for little boys in 2006 yeah. to see a bunch of race cars. I do. Cars I like say, the story. Cool race the car. only but thing, the cool thing about the race is that I don't like the way that learns they're cars. To be selfless and care for others. Yes, I think that is a good plot. I think it's a good story. I think it's a good lesson. I don't like that they're cars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't like the car designs. I got no emotions towards cars. I'm not my dad. I don't care about cars. You've been outvoted. Adeline, Adeline, why do you? Why does it have to be? Why does it have to be the little engine that could? Why couldn't it be the little boy that could? Yeah, a little why boy couldn't could. It be Wouldn't the- that be more inspirational for boys? <laughs> it's if they were symbolic. like, "Hey, little kid, that's you. You could be that person. A little boy can't be a car. <laughs> the, a little boy can't be a little engine. That's the thing. It's that's symbolic. It's I agree with the rhetorical point that you were making. So. I just wrote a whole paper about semiotics a couple of weeks ago, and I absolutely should have written it about fucking cars, and I'm so mad that I didn't. <laughs> so, why don't we um, talk about our favorite things about the movies? So, okay. The the things that actually happen in the movies, <laughs> right. so not conjecture. I, like the I think the thing that this movie really has going for it, because, I, you know, Which one? in a cars lot of one? ways, I yeah. think that, like, sort of the humor of it is very simple. It's a lot of just, like, wordplay you know yeah like one-off gags that you're like that was kind of funny yeah I like guess. gags and wordplay and yeah um and i think that like you know the plot itself is kind of shaggy there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily like really need to be in there if it were going to be like a really lean tight movie you know which is not right. something you can say about basically any other pixar movie at this point um but the thing that makes cars still a part of our collective vocabulary is just like the feel of it you know when you get into radiator springs and you meet like each of these individual characters like you feel so endeared to them like instantly like every Mm -hmm. time you're introduced to a new character in this movie they stick in your brain for the rest of the time you you never have a moment where you're like oh who is that i forget which one was doc hudson you know like, yeah. every mm-hmm. single one of these characters feels so good. The world they inhabit feels so real. And just the... It's weird to say production design in an animated movie, but, like, the production design is so specific. And, like, geographically, you know exactly where everything is. And that, like, opening mm-hmm. chase sequence, like, sets up that little, like, you know, few hundred square feet area the plot takes place in so yep. 
quickly and efficiently like once you get into that zone you feel so immersed in the world that like i want to forgive like any and all flaws that this movie has other than that you know yeah no the environments are so freaking pretty and well developed and like crunchy and like feel like real life like it they totally master like the small town that's like out of their heyday like it's just they do it so well and which is so important yeah (laughs) just having everything be like in a desert you would think everything would look muted but they like wonderful use of color and thanks to mostly the cars for being vibrant colors (laughs) but you know like it it works really effectively and it's almost like, I mean, the whole movie does really take place in Radiator Springs. The moments, right. like the races, those are just like in this area that's like so far removed. Like it's so abstract where Mac was driving Lightning to. Like it's, mm-hmm. it really is kind of like that, that Odyssey type thing where, you know, that whole area, it's just in his imagination. Like everything that matters is in Radiator Springs. It's concrete. It's mapped out. Right. Yeah. Um. Now, Cars 2 is definitely the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like anything goes. Yeah. So, I will give credit where it's due. Cars 2 tried to do something different. Cars 2... It's something may... really different. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't really know a whole lot about what was going on behind the scenes and whether or not for this one, Owen Wilson was a little bit less available than Larry the Cable Guy. I'm assuming that's the truth. <laughs> they but, had, Cars 2 had the courage to ask, uh, is Larry the Cable Guy a bankable movie star? Yes. It, and it the certainly did. A bankable no. action star. <laughs> so, action star. So that lends itself to say that basically, um, rather than having Mater be the buddy in this film, uh, the film really focuses more on Mater and uh, some of his actions and how they affect people around him, like Lightning McQueen, which sort of puts Lightning McQueen in more of a support role. Um, It's a support role in which you see him very, very often, and the movie tries to pretend that it's about him, but the movie is fully about Mater. Mm -hmm. I think that this wasn't a technical decision. I think it was uh, a technical mistake. (laughs) I think that they just kind of got lost in the weeds there with all these scenes where you have lightning like bad mouthing and 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 you know talking sports with all the other sports cars and these are the least interesting parts of the movie the (laughs) most interesting parts are the ones with mater who is on a spy adventure (laughs) yeah for some reason because I don't know. I, I guess I can see the threads, you know, like I could like, okay, people like cars. I like racing. What do we do for cars too? It's got to be more than racing. What else do people like cars in? Well, car chases, uh, spy movies, right? They're cool tech, like, you know, your cool spy cars with their weird technology. Absolutely. I, I'm 100% on board. I, I know that it's bizarre and you know that it's bizarre and they know that it's bizarre. <laughs> so right. let's just move on from that. Um, but then you have this weird sense of mortality that doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, you have these cars that are like literally like roughing each other up in the bathroom, like talking about killing each other. That's right. And then you have Larry the Cable coming in like, don't watch out for the bidet. Like, and it's, it's eerie because it is Larry the Cable guy in a spy movie 
that is accidentally inside an Owen Wilson comedy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's like, so, so what do like, people like about cars? They like spy movies, spy cars, and they also like talking about racing, and that's what they made Cars 2 about. That, that is the extent of how much they thought, exactly. Um, <laughs> Which is really course, unfortunate. Yeah. Because, I, like, Cars 1 has a really cool, like, this rookie learns yeah. to be supported, and then Cars 3, this, like, racer who has been in the game for quite a while learns to become a support system and there's this whole middle section that could have been here's him in his prime and he could have a whole other arc but we no yeah nah (laughs) yeah the the first and third are extremely grounded films with actual lessons to teach (laughs) the second one feels like the spin-off cartoon show for the cars right um, yeah. Like an episode, just one episode of like the 10 episode season that got canceled of <laughs> the Cars animated series. Right. Because it is just a buck wild premise that Lightning McQueen could be racing Formula One cars in Europe uh, when they basically yeah. kind of dismiss that whole idea in three. Like there are limitations to what certain cars should be doing as far as racing and, right. you know, like classes and stuff like that not like social classes but like weight classes like in wrestling but for cars Mm -hmm. so like but cars 2 is just it's just this long slog of what what thing happens next and like somebody's making it as you're watching it and it's like i guess we need a lightning scene here let's have him be a little bit upset that mater is being like a, a weirdo but also have a moment where another car tells Lightning to take it easy on Mater because he's your friend. But from the very beginning, that's exactly how he feels. And at the very end, that's how he feels. And the conflict in the middle, your little rom-com conflict where everybody kind of forgets how they feel about one another. Right, the baby. Until the queen goes, after. babe, wait yeah. to Mater. That, that happens, it just, it's so fleeting that you don't even buy it from, from Lightning. Like, you don't even think that he truly feels any kind of resentment towards Mater. So his his scenes serve absolutely no purpose. <laughs> Everything that Mater does is condensed into his own scenes, which is about half the movie, and there's still not enough time to actually get into this spy thing because every time you see him, he's doing something <laughs> new that doesn't make sense. And, and you're just like, how do we get here? Why was I just watching two cars talk about emotional, like, friendships and, and the, the weight that they can have on professional activity? Like, why, why <laughs> am I watching that when this could be a Mater movie where he's a spy and he learns that he should not be ashamed of the way he's built uh, he doesn't need to worry about these fancy cars and all the other, like, cool spy devices because he could do the same thing that they can do. He has the same, like, engineering know-how, which is displayed a lot in the movie. Uh, like, how he knows, like, from pictures of motors, like, what's going on with this guy's engine. And, you know, he finds clues that the other spies aren't even, like, noticing. And he does all these really amazing things, but we still get stuck in this really weird buddy cop thing where... Mater and Lightning are just at odds with each other the whole time, and it just serves absolutely no purpose. Right. It, this movie could be half its length and still be equally dissatisfying, but at least you would have wasted less time. Yeah. I, w- I wish yeah, we I had more to cars... add. 
Just that I don't think that anybody else in this call has seen Cars 2 in the past <laughs> decade. So. Yeah, I watched. We watched Cars 2 in theaters with our grandparents. Right. And I when it came out, and I think that's the last time I've thought I, about Cars 2. I rewatched it for this. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that I bought a Blu ray copy of Cars 2 at a garage sale? <laughs> no. I was at work. I was on the clock. Bezos was actively paying oh me. Gosh. And I yep, pulled uh-huh, over uh-huh. to the side of the road and did a once over on this family's Blu ray collection they're selling on their yard. And I was like, Cars 2, baby. Also got Snowpiercer, but the main attraction was Cars 2. <laughs> but you stayed Actually, for Snowpiercer Cars 2. does take place in the Cars universe. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the video yeah, essay that posits that, um, <laughs> that Willy Wonka Snowpiercer thing. is actually yeah, a sequel to Willy Wonka? Because that blows my yeah. mind. That one's fun. <laughs> That's much better than the Pixar uh, <laughs> ma- manifesto that right. we just read. Uh, yeah, God. <laughs> oh, we, we have never read that person with that galax- galaxy brain timeline. They have like a whole book series that they've written based around that timeline. <laughs> yeah, like a fiction like a fan fiction set in the uh, yeah Pixar like you universe. know the super smash brothers fan fiction that's like the longest document of all time like he's got like that for this <laughs> galaxy brain idea that he has so okay to i sort just want to know us... why it's pixar why? that like has to be all know. connected like not dreamworks not disney i would argue well, it's, it's because, because pixar bef- in the days before marvel studios i feel like pixar has the most coherent body of work of any corporate entity that well, kind of has like, ever existed well and it was like because when we only had like five movies they were all we had a small amount of thing they were all made by the same people and pixar has loved cameos since right. the very beginning mm-hmm. they loved easter yeah. eggs and yeah. for some reason every easter egg has to have meaning behind it it can't <laughs> right. just be I also worked on this movie, so I'm going to put a funny little guy in the back. Yeah, it's not I, that. It's right. deep lore I, that you I, don't I, understand. I think it's probably just like a product of the time. Like, clickbait was getting huge. The uh, The Marvel mm. movies that were crossing over were finally doing that. And, I mean, nobody was really connecting the dots for these Pixar films and seeing those Easter eggs and, like, being like, it's a crossover until basically all these Avengers movies started coming out and, BuzzFeed started making tons of money. Right. Yeah, but yeah. like yeah, I, I I don't know what the fascination is. I, I it's fun to look for patterns. Like we're hardwired to do that and it's it's nice to like feel that kind of connection with the other films cuz they're cute fun films, but when people get so into it that they have to like galaxy be brain and it. weird like that guy <laughs> like right. oh yeah. my god, the fuel wars it, in the year 2100. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a bit much when you get that far, but I'm sure it's all in good fun for them too. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to uh, I want to shout out Michael Keaton in this movie, and just like the way that Michael Keaton can just show up in these Pixar movies, giving a voice yeah. performance that you would never guess was him in a trillion years. Yeah. Like, wait, who does Michael Keaton play? Yeah, he plays Chick Hicks. Michael Chick Keaton's Hicks. the guy who says "Kachuga." <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You would never know it. The same thing because he plays Ken in in Toy Story three. Oh which yeah, doesn't feel like a Michael Keaton part at all. But he's so good in both of these roles. And if I didn't read the name Michael Keaton in the credits, I would never in a zillion years even yeah. think that it might have been Michael Keaton. You know? 
yeah. Figured it would have been like one of the animators. Like no, nobody really <laughs> right. all that important. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some voice actors in Cars too. I I have not paid attention to it. Um, <laughs> Somebody's voice. Owen acting. Wilson is not showing up for this one. He is no, over not really. It. There I, is no acting. Owen Wilson is weird casting, I feel like. Yeah. Really? Because I was thinking when you guys were talking about Cars 1 and Radiator Springs and the plot and how, like, he's, you know, like, he's, he's serving a greater purpose than just himself, that really did feel like an Owen Wilson film. Like, him yeah. going to this small town and doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought it's great casting. I guess I feel I like Owen only... Wilson... This movie okay. happened before people were like, oh, wow. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for and, sure. And yeah. like he ha- has like a soft childlike but not like a child demeanor mm-hmm. and voice that yeah. feels like it could be a race car but also is learning how to love. Right. He's, he's a soft wood. country boy. <laughs> I guess I kinda. just don't I guess I just don't get the sort of jocular aspect from Owen Wilson. Who would you uh who would you cast? I'm not sure. I I have always held the belief that I think Will Ferrell should do more voiceover work. And I think that might yeah. be fun. I don't think Will Ferrell I think that would just really be Talladega in, uh, Nights again, Lego though. Movie. That's true. Maybe I'm just thinking about that because of Talladega Nights. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, what he, did, he did good know. voice acting in Lego Movie. He was the villain. Yeah, That's no, every time Will Ferrell has taken a major voice acting role, he's fucking killed it. It's Lego Movie yeah. and one other thing I can't remember. Can we yeah. get... I don't know if get, he's uh, right for Lightning McQueen, though. Can we get a Tom Holland for Lightning McQueen, please? No, Tom no, Holland no, to the no. front no. desk. Oh it was God. 2006, Adeline. <laughs> no, I'm making a joke, Keisha. We can't, we can't this is a comedy podcast. I'm not here to joke about Lightning McQueen voice actors. <laughs> I do think, though, if they wanted to, if he wasn't feeling it for Cars 2, they really could have just had anyone do an Owen Wilson voice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, he he barely talks, and he was usually just whispering or grumbling when he does. He's so out of this movie that it's not even funny. Like it's it's sad. It's Cars one and three are the movies, and then Cars two is an accident. It it just kind of exists <laughs> for some reason. Oh, Jackson was Will Ferrell Megamind? Yeah, Megamind. Will Ferrell was Megamind. Will so Thank good you, Ian. Megamind. God, Will Ferrell is Megamind so good is. as Megamind. Megamind is so good. Yeah. Meg- I wish I Megamind recently. took place. What did you see recently, Dan? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh no! I saw I saw Storks. Yeah, right. it was really thing? good. Yeah, no. I've only seen a portion of it, like while I was babysitting, so I've never like given it the time to like sit down and actually like yeah. watch it. <laughs> In- My sister-in-law has recommended that movie to me maybe four or five times now yeah right but she also just had a baby so (laughs) okay so here's the pitch okay this is this is gonna be really quick but um you know how like so many movies growing up like animated films had babies in them and there are so many like snot jokes and diaper jokes and stuff like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stork Mm -hmm. says zero not a single gross out humor joke really wow no fluid except for like it's it's Weirdly enough, a lot of it is the kind of like, like office humor, like like not office the show, but like coworker based humor. Right. Like basically, yeah. uh, um, a, a a goal is trying to be reached, and certain people have different ways of going about it, and it's it does end up being about more than that, and you know themes of family and stuff like that. But 
like I really expected to just be like, okay, time to sit through snot and poop jokes because there's babies. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there's like hundreds of babies and not a single poop joke. No poops, huh? Now I so, cannot say the same for Boss Baby. That's maybe the opposite. <laughs> hey, that's the that was exactly what kept me away. Like I was like, oh, with Boss Baby, I don't know if I want to watch Storks. God, but, Boss Baby. What so a, we've we've film. been at this for a while. I think we can we probably have. start to wrap up our actual podcast and start to transition into um into fandom deep dive here. But um, in the meantime. Sorry, one second. Let me look over my notes, make sure there's not anything particularly important that I want to... Just for the record, I also did cry at Cars 3. <laughs> Thank not you. Not Cars 1, but Cars 3. At the end of it. Can I just not say why I cried crashes. at Cars 1? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what made me cry in Cars 1 is, like, the the visuals of where, he, at first, he had been seeing darkness, and they're now being filled with this place that he's fallen in love with that Sally had mentioned before. And Mm -hmm. now he has become this person who literally pushed himself to the limit so far just so he could win that he blew out both of his back tires. He's now literally stopping right in front. He could have won if he wanted to, but he didn't because he values someone else over his own ego. It just made me, just made me tear up a little bit. It's just really beautiful. I haven't watched cars in a while. No, it's absolutely. Those are the moments. It's like the we're gonna keep using this reference of a movie that people haven't seen, but Jackson with the Will Ferrell comedy music movie. Eurovision. It's like the what do they call it? Eurovision what is it that they call the special the story note? Of Fire Saga. Yeah, what's the what do they call the special note? Oh, I don't remember. The Bjorn note, whatever. It's like that. It's even true though. I think this movie has a really well executed character arc that pays off. No, no, off no, no, no. no. I'm saying way. I'm not trying to. I'm, why is everyone attacking me? <laughs> I'm not saying it's, it's a bad moment or not emotional moment. I'm saying it's an incredibly effective emotional moment, but it's kind of set up this way. But like, the person stops at the finish line to help somebody else is not a new plot idea. It's something that's been done before. But I'm saying it's such an effective yeah thing that it is a tearjerker, even if I have seen it before. It's a very effective right. and emotional plot yeah. point. And you haven't seen it on Cars. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I haven't seen a car do it. <laughs> exactly, you got to see a car do it. That's, yeah, that's, you that's haven't why seen it until you've seen a car do it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I a always say. A car who tied a race with his tongue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't think Larry the Cable Guy is funny? Well, maybe if he was a car, he'd think differently. <laughs> uh, maybe he would be. <laughs> I I will say, Larry the Cable Guy as a car, at least 15% funnier than just as a dude. Well, yeah, because somebody else is writing his, well, I'm sure somebody else is always writing his material, <laughs> yeah. but a different team is definitely writing his material here. Hey-o. Uh So would you guys like to hear a five-star review of Cars? Yeah. So uh, this review I comes from Letterboxd. I think Dan already gave one. What did you say? I said Dan already gave one, but <laughs> I'd love sure. to hear another one. A different one. This person says, "I, you guys let me make a whole review on Cars 2 and then told me right after that nobody had watched it. So <laughs> there's so egg sorry. on my face. Did I you feel watch like Cars 2 did. in preparation for this podcast? It's on my screen right now. I've been like looking through and scrubbing for from like timestamps that I had written down. I do feel very educated about Cars 2, though. I will say yeah. that. I feel like I have watched Cars 2 now. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry we were not clear on what was expected of you, Dan. I think there was homework. Yeah. Um, Teacher. Teacher. You forgot to collect homework. Yeah, we all get Fs. 
<clears throat> okay. So this person on letterbox says, sexiest movie ever made. Nothing more sensual than metal on oh, metal. God. Broom, broom goes the engine, baby, and I'm revving for more. Gestural and sensual and everything cinema can and should be. Gestural? And that's Cars 1? That's well, Cars 1. Okay. And that's Cars 1. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. It's <laughs> obviously not Cars 2 because Cars 2 has a lot more Jesus in it. Oh, by the yeah. way, Dan, how horny is Cars 2? More or less than Cars 1? Um, It doesn't have time to be horny. Okay. It really is just like... <laughs> there's just so much happening. Like in every frame that like there's no time to be horny <laughs> okay. there's never there's a scene where like fast. car mater is in a hot tub with a bunch of like cute mini vans and secret or something, something. That sounds yeah like but something the thing is thing. just mater is always so oblivious to everything that's going around on uh, on around him that there there's no it just there's no time for it <laughs> Now, does the spy... I know that we've ended the podcast. Maybe not yet. Now, does the female spy lady, does she fall in love with Tomater? Uh, I... <laughs> I actually didn't Thank you for using his full name. ...on this rewatch, but mm-hmm. it does seem... <laughs> it does seem as though they establish a, a mutual connection and they do not stay together. Is I think oh, it's kind of like Paul Warmalkov 2, right? Where there's, like, this woman that's in love with him, but he's like, no, we can't. <laughs> nah... I, I don't know. I I I think it that it's smart for them to not topic? make this because the reason they get together is because she thinks he's a spy. So right. the whole relationship is predicated on like absolute buffoonery and deception. Yeah. Well, because so, she thinks that she, he she thinks that Tomater is just like a person. It's just like a persona that he's doing. Yeah, like she doesn't he's think the American that's actually what he's and, like. Yeah, yeah, but then when he's because, actually like that, she's like, "What's yeah. wrong with you?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> here, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go to the scene here and see what happens. Give me one second. I can only pull that Paul Blart Mall Cop Two reference out of my butt so easily because I had to watch it like four <laughs> times in a row for that Dark Side of the Moon video I made. Yeah, we know Jason. <laughs> I just have a question, really quick. Yeah, it's um, she's just I'm, into him, but not in a relationship kind of way, and it. they just uh, drive off and go find the queen or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, the just queen of England. Respect each other. They respect each other as work associates. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what little boys need to see represented in the media. Yeah. That respectful those little friendship. boys that look up to Larry the Cable Guy, who <laughs> yeah. is a yeah. truck. Not Larry the Cable Guy. They look up to Toe Mater. <laughs> They're if separate I could replace entities. Larry the Cable Guy in our universe with a horrifying Toe Mater in our universe. <laughs> from there, go universe, to Disneyland. They got you. Okay. There's. I actually That's have true. a picture. I will tweet it to the account of me being eaten by Mater. <laughs> oh. That's now, terrifying. how horny is this picture? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> okay. Okay. I need to do our, our our plugs and wrap up at the end. So. Okay. Hey, what's up, everybody at home? Hey, gamers. The, the podcast's not over. We thought it might have... It's never over. It seemed like it was going to be over for a second there, but we pulled it right back out because we got to say, hey, thank you for listening. Whether you're listening on the stream, listen us to, listening to us talk right now, uh, which we hugely appreciate, or whether you are watching just a video playback later, we'd love if you would just subscribe to the, the YouTube channel 
because we were at I think we're at 197 subscribers right now, and if we could crack mm-hmm. 200 in the next couple of days, that'd be that'd be so cool. sick. I'd love for that to happen. Um, and if you're listening to this as a just as a podcast, which is I think probably how the majority of people are going to end up hearing this in the fullness of time, why don't you go ahead and you can subscribe to the podcast and you can. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever other platform you use because it really helps us in the algorithm. To it, it pushes our it pushes our stuff on other people more the more engagement we get on the different platforms. So, just trying to be transparent in how we are asking about that. You can follow us on Twitter at No Nerds Pod. My handle for my personal account is Jepperpack. Adeline is Hollaback Horse, and Keisha doesn't have one yet. <laughs> Dan, do you want to plug anything before we leave? Uh, yeah. Um, so um, I'm at Kodav on that's Koda V H at uh, on Twitter. I am part of a few other podcasts. If you want to check them out, if you like real play and other fantasy, where I talk a whole lot less, and when I do talk, I'm a completely different person. Uh, so that's <laughs> like probably... Tomater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly like Tomater. Um, uh, you can check out the Cosmonaut Variety Hour Tabletop Podcast. Um, and then, you know, if you feel like listening to some other nerds ramblings and reviews on other stuff, you could go to the Cosmonaut Variety Hour YouTube channel and see my buddy Marcus and the stuff that he does and the stuff that I try not to get mixed up in because death threats about (laughs) Sam Raidy's Spider-Man are not fun to hang out around. Yeah. Not to, not to. I feel like it's better than other death threats potentially though <laughs> yeah i guess that's fair you <laughs> if you had to that? rate death threat <laughs> yeah not to not to be a suck up on air or anything but your guys's video where you're watching the final fantasy spirits within movie uh. is i feel hugely underappreciated <laughs> that video cracks me up i appreciate it it's the energy that i put out which is the pure negativity <laughs> it draws in the positivity from the audience and that's the balance of the world isn't it exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, okay thank you anyway my name is jackson mcmurray my name is Ellen McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. My name is Dan Goldberg, the one that produced Hangover. Hell yeah. And this is No Nerds Allowed. Thank you. We still no, haven't really figured out though. since we added Keisha to the show if we're going to adjust our intros and outros yet. I don't know. Maybe we should have that conversation off there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted me to go for it there. I didn't really know either. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to go with the flow. <laughs>